You're listening to Be Still and Grow, the GCC Ladies Podcast with Catherine, Heather, and Nicole, where we dive into deep theological topics and real life issues through the art of conversation. So take a seat at the table with us. One, two, Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Be Still and Grow podcast. Hello, ladies. Well, hi. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a big fan of saying that. The, the hello, ladies part. Oh, the hello part. I was like, hello, hello, hello. I've already gave my, my thoughts on that, and it's the people. You were outvoted. Yeah. The people were outraged. Yeah, as soon as I said that, they we had comments. <laughs> so, my bad, guys. But no, I don't know. Bye. Hi, y'all. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I vote for that one either. Okay. Well, I'll think about it. Back to the drawing board. Unless y'all like it. I don't know. Hey. No. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, y'all, ladies, we got some people on the podcast We today. do. We got some special people on the podcast today. Very special. Who is it going to be? I don't know. <laughs> it is our very own Pastor Kirk McDonald, Woo! come on down. Here, here, here. <laughs> I guess you should have done your own drum roll. Yeah. You'd be better at that yeah. than I would. And his beautiful wife, Chelsea McDonald. Woo! <laughs> they love being inter- like introduced that way. That's like yeah. their favorite thing. The bigger, the better. Yeah. 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 You see them in public. I mean, make a spectacle. You start yeah. screaming. <laughs> they love it. No, just kidding. Uh, but welcome back on the podcast. This is we had you guys actually on. Was that? At least over a year, over almost over a year ago now. Apparently, it was that memorable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, no. It was so memorable. <laughs> well, you've each been yeah. on. I yes. remember, but together, it was also it's been in a January. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, we're we're past it now. We're in February, but like, it was January of beginning of twenty twenty three. I think it was. Yes. <laughs> Why do you, back me up here. It's like yesterday. It was such a long time ago. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, so we get to have you guys back on, so we get to have a special treat, and so I love it. Multiple times on both sides, so here we love are. it. Mm-hmm. It's super, super exciting. Yeah, rock star status. Yes, I love it. I love it. Um, so we're just gonna get right into it. So um, as you'll see, the topic, what this whole uh, podcast is going to be about, we thought it'd be fun for y'all to kind of, you know, know more about Kirk and Chelsea. So I feel like everybody should know the popular game at weddings when they hold up the paddles of saying like, who said I love you first and all those things like that. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, We Kirk. call it the shoe game. The and shoe it was always like you hold up I one of that. the groom's shoes, yeah, one of the yeah. bride's shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just say paddle. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen you a paddle. You can keep your shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about Kirk and I, but we love games. <laughs> Board games, <laughs> trivia games, any kind of games. Just our favorite. Yes. So this whole conversation already yeah. right. is giving me a little bit yeah. of a yeah. <laughs> Whenever we get into a group of people, the first thing I say is, guys, what game. game can we play? Let's play a game. Let's play a game. The sarcasm because... is strong. <laughs> 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 like, maybe this episode should have come out on April 1st. All right. yes. <laughs> I hate games. Yeah, anyway. Oh, hate them. Hate well, games. Well, was, hate board games. Did, we'll say this is not a game. This is where okay. we yeah. get to know more about our pastor and his wife. Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So get to know you seminar. When I was looking through the questions, one of the questions was, "What was their uh, favorite board game?" I'm like, "Take that one out." <laughs> so I didn't do that. So. All right, so we're gonna get right into it. So you can 
Just say it, raise your hand, whatever y'all want to do. So <laughs> right the bat, what I already asked, who said I love you first? Uh, me. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it was Kirk. I especially in in the dating world, mm-hmm. I um I was very slow and let him kind of lead. And even now, I still feel like I do that. I follow your lead a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I would have been terrified mm-hmm. to say I love you first. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. Mm. All right, who is the funny one? Kirk. <laughs> I win that one. Yeah. <laughs> you sure? For sure. Okay. No mm. one has ever, ever described me as funny. Oh. People laugh at you. <laughs> People do laugh at me. <laughs> yes, they do. More so than I'm, me. Well, I'm not sure it's because I'm funny. That's my point there. Well, it's because you're funny you. looking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I say and do stupid things a lot. That's why people laugh at me. Oh, man. Who is more competitive? Ooh, that was a quick look. Probably Chelsea. She cut her eyes over it. I'm like, you better say me. Yeah, that's that's me. I played basketball in high school, middle school and high school. So I was yeah. into sports a good bit before Kirk and I started dating. Once we started dating, I wanted to spend my extra time with him so i stopped playing sports but up until then i was into sports and enjoyed it very much so and was very competitive ah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. who is the better cook kirk mm. 100 percent. Like, i'll say i've never had a, ba- a bad dish at y'all's house so whoever yeah. does it i mean i know the grill master over here mm. kirk taught me everything that i know when it comes to cooking so mm-hmm. he yeah. wins by far yeah yeah, he's pretty good. I think my favorite so far has been your smoke wings. Your smoke mm. wings are pretty top notch. I wish yeah. I had some right now. Uh, <laughs> I, wish like you, I wish you had them too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Playing again. Um, who was more patient? Me. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious about that one. I was like, hmm, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who is more likely to lose something? Chelsea. Me. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, a constant, we get in the car. We almost get out of the driveway. Where's my phone? <laughs> Here we are again. Yeah. Mm. That just happened on Tuesday. Uh, I was rushing mm. one of my girls to piano lessons and was telling them, get everything in the car ahead of time. We get in the car. We get down the road. I forgot my phone. And I was like, mm. ooh, mm. humble parenting moment. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry I was not prepared. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Can I look like a little fun one? Who is more likely to have a secret spy life? <laughs> what does that mean? A spy life. You know, being a spy. Like 007? Yeah. I would not, I'm not killing people. Like, yeah. A secret life? Yeah. Being a spy. Social media creeper? No. Y'all are taking this really no. extreme. <laughs> it's a str- look, it's, it's a strange question, admittedly. <laughs> After the run of questions yeah. that we've had thus far, this is a strange one to tack on at the end. But I mean, you know, sp- being a spy. I feel like but, we would have to do it together. Like Mr. and Mrs. Either Smith? One, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, I don't know. It would have to be a joint I can see that. if we were spying. <laughs> it's, Come on, y'all. It's really hard. It would be next to, because of the way we've designed our lives yeah. and yeah. the way that we live our lives, it would be next to impossible for us to hide anything from each other. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, we'd have to do it together. Yes. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Seeing y'all together, I, th- I think they would be amazing spies. <laughs> I think y'all would be <laughs> incredible. So next time we like plan the bank heist or the Whoa. lost on an island, we'll call them. It's coming together. <laughs> uh, there better be like a we formal cannot... event, you know, the formal yeah. wear and like the tango on the dance floor. That would be them. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> this is all hypothetical recording. This is not <laughs> hypothetical. <laughs> Talk about this way too much. <laughs> All right, and last couple of you of just knowing each other. Do y'all know each other's favorite color? Kirk's is black. Chelsea's is green. Oh, good job. Uh, of each other, which one do y'all prefer of coffee or tea? Like, does she prefer coffee or tea? Does he prefer coffee or tea? That kind of question. <laughs> We're, we are in a constant state of flux on that, on that issue at our house. <laughs> so. <laughs> Constantly flip flopping back and forth between tea and coffee. Mm. Right now, I'm in a in a strong coffee routine mode that I've been in for the last two months. Mm. So okay. I'm actually more tea because our oldest daughter just got a tea set for Christmas. So I'm on to look for a tea set. And for Christmas, I got Chelsea a fancy matcha tea set. Ooh. So we we are venturing into the fancy Japanese right. matcha tea. So. Oh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What is each other's favorite season? Uh, Chelsea likes the grow season. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do like gardening. Yeah, so I would so. say spring, but my allergies are so bad in the spring. Oh yeah. So like for the weather, I would say it would be fall, but I get most excited and mm-hmm. everything in the spring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say yours probably be the same. We just mm. are outdoorsy people, so we yep. enjoy being outdoors. So. Spring and fall are our most favorites. Yeah. Okay. Um, who is the morning person and who is the night owl? Neither of us are morning people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the night owl. So ah, that's Chelsea likes to sleep in and go to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And then we'll ask one more. Then we'll just get into it. Uh, what is each other's dream travel dress- destination? There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Right now, I really want to go to Israel. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's my dream travel right now. But we've we've had the opportunity to travel to some really cool places together mm-hmm. all over the United States, out of the country, and stuff like that. So we've checked several of those boxes, um, like Scotland and um, yeah. other other places like that. But yeah. right now, my my dream is yeah. Israel. Either that one, or we've talked about a dream trip to like Montana to like a dude ranch. Yeah, um, yes. I think we would both really enjoy that. And just yeah, Montana, Wyoming, like some of that big country, and yeah. go work a dude ranch for a week and ride and <laughs> work cattle and. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just inserting <laughs> myself into the mm-hmm. yeah. should be the next GCC church of. <laughs> yeah. Man. I agree with that. Retreat. That's, Retreat. Yeah. Those are some of my. And if any listener would like to donate to that yes. fund, <laughs> right now the cost is prohibitive, which is why we've not been to Wyoming or Montana to go on a dude ranch. It's like we can get there, but like, again, Google it. Go look yeah. and see how much it is. Yeah. yeah. But if anyone would like to bless a pastor and his wife and just, mm-hmm. you know, out of the kindness of their heart. <laughs> Yes. Pray about that. Yeah. Pr- yes. Yeah. The Lord might be leading you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, there are definitely good ones to, to give to for sure. I think we talked about a couple of times of those states like Utah and stuff. Like, I think that's all of mm-hmm. our dreams, to be yeah. honest with us. We talked yeah. about it multiple yeah. times. It's just like, I love being Beautiful. outside. I love fields. Like, every time I drive by a field, I just want to walk in the field. Like, just take a big walk and stuff. And I love anything farm related and stuff. So it's just, it just seems like the most peaceful. Uh, to me, it's like 
the closest thing to heaven. Just going out and being all that. Like I love it so much. Yeah. So like I, I sidebar, but I I watched this. Uh, it's on Discovery Plus, but it's called Big Sky Kitchen. It's a guy. He's a I love cooking shows, but he is in Montana. And so he cooks all these different things, but he cooks outside a lot too. Mm. So it's like these beautiful views and he's got his grill and all these things, truck out. Oh, so awesome. So yeah. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so. Yeah. I do too. I love yeah. cooking outside. As mm-hmm. much as I can cook outside, the better. Yeah. And again, like Chelsea said, we love the outdoors and nature. And I often, as we enjoy that, I often think about like what, like if creation is beautiful, is as beautiful as it is now, what will unbroken mm. uh, and uncorrupted by sin creation look like when Jesus returns and makes the new heaven and new earth and all creation will not be marred or stained by sin? Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Sign me up. Like even that, knowing that a new heaven and new earth is coming, mm. these places that are dream trips on our like bucket list to say for like us that we don't get to experience now, like how much more cool and special mm. will it be to experience them when we're all walking in the new heaven and the new earth together with the Lord on a dude ranch? <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like unmarred and perfect. Mm. And I just, I can't wait. This things I always say, I might mention here, but like, I love the ocean. Not that like, I, I, don't, I don't care to get in the ocean or do anything like that, but I love looking at the ocean. To me, it's like, the goal. Me to being one of the closest things to God to me. It's like how God made it so beautiful and that only God could have done this. And mm-hmm. so I think it's always the most breathtaking thing to me when I just stare at the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much, so much. Yeah. But, but heck yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we've gotten to know our married couple yes. so, <laughs> on this Be Still and Grow episode. Um, Nicole, why are we here? Well, if you haven't picked up on it yet already, we are here to talk about (laughs) marriage (laughs) and what marriage is, what marriage is not, and what healthy marriages look like. So we have two very qualified guests to talk about this subject, and we're really excited to hear from them. So, yes. Qualified because we've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> You're married. Check. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, well, we, we also have had the opportunity to sit across the room from several, several married couples over the years, being a pastor and a pastor's wife and having conversations and, you know, being able to listen and learn from other couples, um, hopefully being able to help some. But listening and learning, we've had the opportunities, by God's grace, um, to have hours and hours and hours of sitting and talking with other couples. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say, I was like, y'all done a lot of marriage counseling, even within the church and such like, um, and clearly I, th- I think you've done a great job. Marriages are still thriving like crazy. And so, uh, what, what I'm curious as to like, what has made y'all, cause y'all talk very well about marriage. Like what, like, why are y'all passionate about making sure uh, there's healthy marriages and counseling people and, and making that a priority. Like, why is that? Um, I think the Lord has been very sweet to us, specifically in our marriage. We got married very young. We we're high school sweethearts. And so we've kind of grown up together. And uh, the Lord has allowed us to change and kind of shift together. Um, and so because the Lord has been sweet to that. We find so much joy in our marriage together, um, being together and spending time together. And um, because of that, and then just the intense like metaphors that are in scripture when it comes to marriage, um, just it being all throughout scripture of how 
it is the one thing that can put the gospel on display. And so because of that is the thing that the enemy wants to attack all the more. Um, and so we uh, enjoy being battle buddies, you know, mm-hmm. and we want to battle for other people um, in this battle of war against Satan and his enemies that want to destroy marriages and families. Like we just, we want to battle against that. And it's something that we get to do together um, in ministry. A lot of um, Kirk's ministry, you know, it can be about him, but this is one, one part that I get to come alongside and, and be with him, which is really sweet to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've not had an easy marriage. I don't want anybody to hear that. Mm. Um, Our marriage has not been easy, um, but we have had a blessed marriage. Um, if that makes sense. So uh, God has just been really good to us in our marriage. Um, And so I think that's kind of the beginning part of just things that not that we accomplished or that we did together, but things that I feel like the Lord showed us. And then we saw some of the same issues that we dealt with that other people were struggling with. And it was like, we want to help them. And when we did, like reach out and start helping other couples that actually made Chelsea and I stronger Mm -hmm. because then like now we're reading all these marriage books together to help other people. And so we started growing even deeper. And then, like I said, like we're sitting across the the living room from another couple that's struggling and Chelsea and I are brainstorming Mm -hmm. together about, man, how can we help this couple with their marriage? And that caused us to reflect even deeper on our marriage. And so the the more people we helped, the deeper it grew us. Um, and so we just decided, all right, let's, let's make this one of the focuses of our ministry and one of the focuses of, of our lives. Um, and, and I think to piggyback off what Chelsea was just saying, when you think about the meta narrative of the Bible, so in the garden, back, way back in Genesis, um, God could have chosen any relationship any relationship to put into the garden um, to reflect the fullness of who he is. Um, he could have put a dad and a son. He could have put a mom and a daughter. Um, he could have put best friends. Um, any relationship, and all of those relationships are good, but the meta narrative of the scriptures um, is that God began the Bible with Adam and Eve in the garden. As the Bible moves on into the Old Testament, the constant metaphor is that the people of Israel in the Old Testament um, is the wife or um, the spouse of Yahweh God. So much so that when Israel is unfaithful, go read uh, Hosea, (laughs) um, when Israel is unfaithful, they are referred to as the unfaithful wife, right? Um, And so that's all throughout the Old Testament. Well, then you get into the New Testament. What do we see Jesus do? Where's Jesus at his first miracle? He's at a wedding at his first miracle. And then Jesus constantly refers to himself as the bridegroom. And the church is called the bride um, all throughout the epistles um, on into Revelation. So now we've just almost walked through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. In Revelation, um, there you see the return of Christ and the marriage supper of the Lamb. So the marriage relationship is not one of the many metaphors in the Bible. It is the metaphor for our relationship with God. Um, and again, to, to say what Chelsea just said, it is one of the main tools. It's not the only tool, but marriage is one of the main tools that God uses to put his gospel on display to the world. It is a man and wife's physical manifestation appearance of the gospel to the world. Mm-hmm. That I think that's why it's important to us. Yeah. 
is there anything that y'all have done like going through marriage and uh, that y'all said is like your uh, I think we had kind of conversation on Sunday like uh, like your fundamentals almost like is there anything that like hey this is what we have designed for our marriage I know a, a lot of people in our church and I know y'all have one like this is the McDonald family and this is what we are and we're about and stuff so is there anything that hey th- this is the core of us as a, as a marriage that like this is our fundamentals this is what we feel like is important this is what we feel like is important to have a healthy marriage that like that is y'all's rock y'all's firm foundation basically mm-hmm. yeah so like a huge part of what we do not necessarily in in marriage counseling uh, but in marriage coaching and we could talk about the distinction between those two uh, in a minute but what we do in marriage coaching is really trying to help people understand um not only um their identity, who they are, um, but what it is that they're supposed to do. Okay. So we believe that um, every individual is unique, uniquely crafted and made by God. Um, So God has stuff for Catherine to do that only Catherine can do. I can never do it because I'm not you and I don't have your giftings. I don't have your calling on your life. Uh, And that, that goes the same for Heather and, you know, it, it, it goes the same for Nicole. And so when you get married, then those two unique, unique people with unique callings and individual giftings, they become one. And so now God has one new unique plan for that married couple. So with coaching, what we try to do is help them discover who they are. Who has God called them to be? And not only who has God called them to be, but has called them uh, to do. Um, so like we can, Chelsea, we can share like a little bit of like of ours. Um, and, and I think it's important for, for people to, for couples to write this down. Um, again, their identity, who they are, and then what God has called them to do. Um, but so what are some things that, how, how do we coach couples in when we're trying to help them discover their unique identity in Christ as a married couple? Yeah, we talk a lot about values, like what do you value as a family, as a couple, Um, because a lot of it is different. So what do you value? And then who are you? What are some characteristics um, that you guys hold together as a couple? Um, And so these are not aspirational things that you wish that you would aspire to, but these are more legit things like what is it that the McDonald's are together um we often say that we would love to be the funny couple like we've got friends and they're funny like both of them together we always leave their presence and they are hysterical man we just love them and we always love being with them and we leave saying this is a like something that they hold that man we wish that people would call it nobody calls the McDonald family funny we are not funny people (laughs) we're just not we are more logical. We, we are planners. You know, we're fixers. Like, that. that's kind of who we are. And so we would not write down funny or humorous for us. Um, but we would write down hardworking. That's something that Kirk and I both mm-hmm. do together. Um, and another fun way when you're kind of talking about this uh, together as a couple is what was the things that attracted you to each other? Um, that was a fun conversation for us to have as man, I was attracted to him because he was hardworking. He's, there was a job, he got it done. Um, I was attracted to him because he always told the truth. So we are truth tellers. That's what we seek to be. Um, we are lifelong learners. That's another one in ours. Um, we always constantly want to be learning. So what are the things that you value? Um, and then what are some characteristics that people may describe you by? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so we discovered that like that's a part of our unique identity. So just those three descriptors that she gave, um, that's kind of unique to to us. Like, you know, uh, I'm sure other people might share some of those. But when you put all of them together, that makes us uniquely one one new, you know, um, thing together, uh, one new person, really. Um, And so it's so important to as a couple to discover what your unique identity is because that is what drives you then into your mission together and what you should be doing um and so any successful business has or should have goals um any successful church business um 501c3 organization uh, humanitarian organization doesn't matter business you name it any successful business has um, a a set of goals and then usually a set of um, just things that their company cares about or, or things like that sadly many married couples don't do the work to outline and discover what those things are for themselves so they go to their jobs where there is clear language there's clear mission, there's clear goals, and their jobs make sense to them, but then they come home and they feel like their marriage is a mess, there's chaos, because they have not outlined who are we as a married couple and what has God called us to do. There's not a common identity and there's not a common mission, um, and that's exactly what marriages need. In my mind, it's like, I want to ask the question, it's like, well, how do they start to do that? Um, in my mm. mind, it's like, okay, yeah, you sit down and you talk those things out. Like, what is an encouragement to them? It's like, okay— do we just get the pen and paper out? That's what we do? Or like, what's, what will you encourage them as their first steps to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if people don't feel equipped to have the conversation, so again, Chelsea and I just kind of threw out a, a couple of things that people could do. But if people don't feel equipped to do that, um, they can go find a marriage coach. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that, you know, Chelsea and I do. And we're not the only ones. There's tons of other marriage coaches. Um, but if people are looking for a specific resource, um, there's a book called The Three Big Questions for a Frantic Family. Um, and by Patrick Leone. By Patrick Leone. Um, I think it's Lynn Shoney. Lynn Shoney. I'm, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, <laughs> but that's the name of the book, and that's the author. I'm sure we can Google it. Um, and uh, that's a great resource for that particular thing that we're talking about, discovering your family identity and discovering your family mission. That would be the resource that I would recommend is three big questions for a frantic family. Hmm. I imagine with doing the marriage counseling and talking with so many different couples, you probably hear all the things even before going into it. What are some like faults? beliefs going into marriage because I imagine people have those expectations They're like well I'm dealing with loneliness if I was married all my problems would go away or I'm having these financial you know issues and I'm making it with a dead-end job but if I had a spouse then it would be more money and all these things like what are some of those those false things that y'all had to battle and 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 also to kind of encourage uh, bring light to hey <laughs> that's not going to fix you uh, what are some of those things you would speak on that yeah I think People just think things are going to fall into place easily, um, but you're taking two separate people and putting them into one household together. Two sinners. Two sinners. <laughs> two people with two different upbringings, 
families of origin. Um, and so a lot of that is not taken into consideration when you're first getting married. You're just excited. You're excited to have somebody else. You're excited to have two f financial incomes. You're excited to, you know, lean on like somebody. And so there's all this excitement, but then there's the loss of intentionality. Um, and so people just think that it's just going to be easy and we're just going to fold into each other's lives without intentionality and without being intentional to have a plan um, moving forward. And I think that that's where a lot of that loss of expectation comes in to where it, it's not just a fold in. It's not, you know, things don't just fall into place easily. Um, this still needs to be intentional work um, together because you're bringing two separate centers into one. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I think... I think one of the biggest mistakes is married couples don't have meetings. They don't write things down and they don't agree upon set goals. Um, that sounds very business world. That sounds like something that, um, again, should be happening in a boardroom and um, not at a kitchen table. But marriages don't just work themselves out. <laughs> they don't. Um, they never have and they never will. Um, it, it's just ever since the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered into the world. And again, you have two sinners. And so when you put two sinners into a house, it's not just going to work out. It just doesn't. Um, you have to have, you have to sit down and say, we need to work on our marriage. I don't care if it's year one or year 25 or year 50, you have to be intentional about working on your marriage, which means you need to have formal, yes, I said the word, formal meetings. Like, we need to sit down and talk, me and you. No, the kids will be in bed or there's no kids around or there's no other family members around. It's just me and you, just you and your spouse having a meeting to talk about your marriage. Where are we? How are you doing? Um, what's going on in our church? What's going on in our marriage? Um, what are some things that you're scared about in this next season of life? How can I serve you best now that all of these things have just changed for us? You know, you just got a new job or we just had a new kid or we just moved across town or we just switched churches or whatever. And all these new seasons of life, now it's a new and different opportunity to figure out how you need to change to better serve your spouse. And if you don't sit down and have an intentional meeting on a regular basis to do that, life is just going to keep coming at you a thousand miles an hour. And you're not going to, um, again, have that intentionality and clarity between the two of you. And you're going to find yourself grumpy at your spouse and your spouse is going to be grumpy at you because they're not meeting unsaid expectations. Because unsaid expectations are always unmet expectations. Um, and that leads to frustration. And that, yes, <laughs> that leads to frustration every single time. What are, I was thinking while y'all were saying all that, what are some like steps for like, say, whether it's the single person or the person that is, they're not married yet, but they're on that path, like, because, you know, we're constantly growing as Christians. Like, what are some things to, on both sides, to prepare for marriage? So instead of just like, well, I'll wait till I get married. This will fix all those things. Like, what steps can be made in the beginning to, in a sense, help that process going into marriage? Yeah, I mean... I would say read books, read books, read books. Uh, I'm happy to give a list here in uh, of, of great marriage books in just a second. Apart from that, for single people, 
meet with married people and ask a thousand questions. Mm-hmm. So read read marriage books, read marriage books, read marriage books. Um, meet with married couples in your church and ask a thousand questions. Um, that's something that um, one of our mentors told Chelsea and I to do, and we did. And a lot of those meetings, we walked away going, "Don't want to do that." Hey, let's <laughs> let's not do any of the things that that couple said that we should do. <laughs> um, but but that was a part of our formation, you yeah. know, as a as a young couple. I, f- I feel like we've done that in every season. Mm. Um, I feel like we're still doing it. So mm. we're already looking out ahead, even in parenting, to like people that are out ahead of us, and we're sitting down with those people, asking them how they're leading their teenagers and college students, and what it's going to look like when those kids are exiting their home just out of preparation. So for the single person, I would most definitely say this is another reason the church is such a huge blessing is because there's so many stages of life within the church. And so find those people in your church community that are married, sit down with them, like spend time with them. Married people who don't have kids, find the people with kids, sit down with them, spend time with them, um, and just learn from one another. There's so much that a single person can teach us married folks about just their time with the Lord. You know, that is one thing that I, like, I used to journal all the time. I think that was in another podcast that you guys did recently where, you know, you, Heather, were like, I used to journal all the time before I had kids and babies. I Um, I did too, you know, and so it's like... uh, sitting down with somebody who has that extra time, like, and seeing that it almost reignites that passion within me. And so like, there is something we can learn from everybody. So I would agree reading and then spending Mm -hmm. time with people that are just like maybe a stage ahead of you is always beneficial. Yeah. Meaning of marriage, uh, by Tim Keller and uh, his wife, Kathy Keller. Um, that's the gold standard. If you're going to read one book, read that one. Um, that's the, to me, that's the marriage Bible. 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, so Meaning of Marriage, uh, Storm Toss Family by Russell Moore. Um, Ray Ortland's book, I think it's just entitled Marriage. marriage. Um, it might, is it Marriage in the Gospel or is it just entitled Marriage? Okay, it's just entitled Marriage. Ray Ortland's book, Marriage. That, that would be my top three. Um, uh, Love That Lasts by Gary. Gary and yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, the book is called Love That Lasts. Um, I'm feeling the letter G for the last name, but it's escaping me. Uh, if only we had computers in our pockets that we could Google and and tell us. But anyway, I mean, those are, those are really, you know, those are actually the books that we use in our marriage coaching, uh, course as we take, as we take folks through it. But, um, you know, we've, we've read a ton of them, like any, any good, like Christian book that's out there on marriage. Um, we've probably read it, uh, but those, those are our our top, you know, those are our top recommendations for sure. Yeah. How Gary, close was I? Gary and Betty Rakuchi? Oh, no. I was yeah. way off. You got the Gary you part. Gary. Like, yeah. Gary. yeah. Spell the last name? R-I-C-U-C-C-I. There's not even a G in it. <laughs> I know. Not I, even. Say, I didn't want to comment. I thought that yeah, yeah. I was like, don't yep. say that. No, no. I'll, I'll call myself up. That's fine with me. Not even a G in the, in the last name at all. <laughs> I think that's so wise because I think in culture... And even in church culture, as a teenager or a young adult growing up, the idea of marriage is so romanticized. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that intimate place that you're not allowed to go. Like, there's so much, like, you can't even think about it. Like, so you really long for that relationship. You long for that intimacy. But it is guaranteed to push you closer to Christ. 
100%. I remember a message I listened to. I think it was Paul Washer. And it was just like he was preaching on one topic. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, by the way. And it was this one little nugget about marriage talking about how like two sinners coming together, like you will be, it will be the hardest walk and it will force you to get closer to Christ. Because I think we tend to think of it as, you know, people who are like, I'm single, but if I wasn't single, then all my problems would be solved. It's doubling your problems because sure. <laughs> yeah. you're adding a completely new person. It's, in the it's the starting line. So to, to all the single people out there, it's not the finish line. Mm-hmm. It's the starting line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just when he said that, I was like, it's like something clicked, like, which is why reading books or listening to sermons and topics and things is so important because it's like, it'll change your perspective and give you just that extra bit of wisdom in those moments. And um, I think that was really wise. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that clear communication and setting those expectations and just talking about your own personal expectations and then applying them to your family goals um, is probably the biggest, I feel like the biggest thing that marriage married people are missing out on right now because I feel like a lot of people are like oh well the kids are all gone now so we just we don't know each other anymore we don't you know like we have nothing in common anymore because you've been working probably toward two different goals for Mm -hmm. the last 18 years 26 years however long it's been and now you're on you're not even the same book anymore not even just not the same page different book and so having those clear goals together have you striving toward the same down the same road together and growing together so i feel like i think that's monumental yeah absolutely i'm curious about the you know the person that's you know they're getting married and they're you know they have their spouse and they're like there's this thing i don't like about him but when we get married i think i can change him (laughs) 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 i wonder wonder how many times y'all hear that but how can y'all speak into that lie that oh well i'll wait we'll, we'll get married i'll change them that they're, they're just going to magically everything's going to get they're just going to change mm. <laughs> mm. It's like i'm still you're waiting not, <laughs> you're not you're not you you're not going to answer that one yeah. <laughs> uh man um i don't know I mean, if, maybe maybe not maybe they'll change maybe they won't yeah maybe they'll change maybe they won't maybe you need to change yeah, yeah. maybe yeah yeah, I, I would say to that to the to the single person that's thinking that way, I would say, um, what is the what's the situation like? What's the depth of this thing that you're wanting to change? Like, they chew with their mouth open at fancy restaurants when you go out. Like, oh, I can change that later. Okay, that's one level. But uh, he's not radically committed to the Lord. But I know that once we have a family, he'll settle down. Like, those are two really different scenarios to me. Um, and so you like, if you're going into it thinking, I think I can change this person. Um, it depends. <laughs> it, like you only want to roll those dice cause you might not change them. You only want to roll those dice when, uh, it's something worth gambling over, uh, and your eternal soul and possibly the eternal souls of your children is not something that you want to roll the dice on. Yeah. I feel like you could look at it as like a open what do we say? Close fisted and open, mm. open, open handed issues and things, you know, if, if you're not equally yoked, um, you know, but if it's something kind of like this, the other person is like, they just spend money. Like it's just a never ending fountain. And, you know, like these are big things like, Hey, we have two different views on how our finances are going to work. Mm-hmm. Let's go and like specifically talk to someone about like 
how we can either meet in the middle or what's the best way to steward our finances or whatever it is through scripture, you know, like what does the Bible say about these things and, you know, get on the same page that way. Just clear expectation (laughs) talking about it. I think to me it's a beautiful thing that Lord made a thing for like marriage counseling and stuff that these are great things that you should probably talk in marriage counseling about. It's like, Hey, he is a big spender or anything. Like, how do we, you know, how we talk this out, how we walk this, you know, put plans together and figure mm-hmm. things out. Like, this is, that's a great opportunity to do that before just jumping right into it and just, oh, I'll just figure it out later. Yeah. Like, um, I think, yeah. yeah. So having the marriage counseling, I think, is a, I think, yeah. very vital. Yeah. And, yeah. And premarital counseling, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we, we've done a lot of premarital counseling and, and coaching mm-hmm. um, with couples and, you know, addressing those things before you get married. Um you should do that yes. 100%. Yes. You should do that um, and do that with a trusted pastor, a trusted counselor. Um, that, w- that would be my recommendation to any single person who has that little thought in the back of their mind. I think I can change this person. Well, talk to your pastor, talk to your counselor, and, yeah. and talk, talk, to, talk to them together as a couple. Um, so a lot of times when people say or think about premarital counseling, that's what you do right before you get married. Um, but there is no reason why, if you know that you're serious about this person, why you shouldn't get premarital counseling even before you're engaged or before you get married. Um, again, people get into relationships and think that things are just going to work out, and they don't, and they're not going to. There has to be intentionality from the beginning dating relationship to the courtship to the engagement to year one to year 25 there has to be intentionality in growing and building a healthy marriage healthy marriages don't just happen yeah how important is it to to have a healthy function in a marriage extremely (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of times we um we will say with marriage coaching that function like functionality actually brings passion whereas dysfunction will rob a marriage of passion very quickly um so we believe that it is extremely important to have good function in your marriage which is clarity and consistency and um things like that Mm. yeah when communication doesn't work if communication isn't functioning um you're not saying the things that the hard things that need to be said in a marriage, you're not saying them because it's un- too uncomfortable um, or you're saying them just at the wrong time. Just it's like you just didn't pick the right time. You came in it blurted out. There it is. Now it's on the table, um, but it's in the middle of the dinner and kids are running around the table. It's like you just picked the wrong time to have this conversation. Right. Um, so if you're not good at conversation, if, if your communication just isn't functioning, it's really going to be hard to have a passionate marriage. Um, you can you can extend that out to all of these other avenues in marriage. Um, so again, if um, uh, intimacy in your marriage, if that part just isn't functioning, um, it, it's infrequent, it's awkward, like. There, it's that is just going to rob passion from your marriage. So from communication to intimacy to parenting as a team. If, you know, the, the man of the house is, um, you know, just, you gotta, you, you know, just hit them, you know, that's, that's the best way to do it. You know, if they whine or complain, just spank them and get it over with. And the wife is like way over here with like super compassion. Even when the kids are acting up, there is no discipline at all. Okay. Well now you're not parenting as a team. That's, it's not working. And so now 
the passion is, again, robbed from the marriage. And so you can just keep going down the line to spending, to parenting together, um, to sexual intimacy, to you name it. Wherever there is a lack of function, there will be a lack of passion. And here's what we know about marriage. Marriage is supposed to show the gospel. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Ephesians 5. I'm thinking of multiple other biblical texts. to where marriage is designed to put the gospel on display. And a passionless marriage does not put the gospel on display. If, if a husband and wife aren't friends and they're not fired up just to be around each other and spend time together, well, that's not showing the relationship between Jesus and his church because Jesus loves his church. Jesus is passionate about his church. Jesus wants to be with his church and loves being with his church. And the church should feel the same way about Jesus. Like that's the, the and marriage is supposed to put that picture on display. And so when there's no function, there's no passion. And if there's no passion, then marriage isn't achieving what it's supposed to achieve, which is to put the gospel on display. So the solution to all of that, um, again, what we talk about um, in marriage coaching and, and what we seek to do in our own marriage is say, if something's not working, what's wrong with it? Mm-hmm. Let's figure out a solution. Let's figure out why, why isn't this part of our marriage working? How can we bring clarity to this so that it does function? Um, because clarity is the enemy of dysfunction. And if we get dysfunction out of there, then it works. Then there's passion. There's passion because we parent together as a team. I'm not saying Chelsea and I do this perfectly, but in marriages, there should be passion because you parent as a team. There should be passion because there's regular intimacy. There should be passion because there's great communication. There should be passion uh, because you're on this same trajectory about spending money. There's passion in the goals that you've set and you're accomplishing together. As There should be passion there. And when there's passion, then you are putting the gospel on display. Uh, one of the things I'm curious about, you had just literally just said it, communication. I feel like that's a huge thing in marriage, whether it's uh, clarity, all that kind of stuff. Like, how how do you, like, I don't know, I feel like I hear that a lot with marriage. It's like, we just, we just don't communicate anymore. Like, you know, all those things. So how do you communicate in a marriage? How do y'all do it? <laughs> I think each family is very different. So a lot of it is sitting down and figuring out what the what is the best source of communication for you for you as a couple so for kirk and i we're both internal processors um so kirk will tell you one of the like most loving things i can do for him is ask him a question and leave the room like i don't expect a quick response from him because i know he's an internal processor and so we've sat down and talked about these kind of quirky things about ourselves to where what's one way that i can love you well and making big decisions for our family and he's like ask me and then ask me again later. Um, So a lot of times I'll ask a question, I'll leave the room, I'll come back 15, 20 minutes later and be like, are you ready to talk about it? If not, when can you talk about it? And just kind of give it an open-ended type of scenario. But there are external processors that need that, you know, external processing out loud to their spouse. That would actually be very loving for an external processor. If you came in and said, hey, i got a question for you. Here it is. And you left the room. They'd be like, where are you going? We have to talk this out. I want to say this. And then you say this. And we together we condense this idea down. Um, But that's not how either of us communicate. Um, But that took took multiple, not a conversation, that took multiple conversations um, for us to discuss, um, you know, what, what communication style for us is going to work. Um, I think I talked, I, I think I said two of them 
two of the things that we talk about communication. Um, so one of them being saying the things that need to be said. So um, communication begins with saying the things that need to be said. Yes, there is. Um, which is uh, the hard things. Mm -hmm. So um, again, let, let's a, a scenario might be at dinner. Uh, I'll, I'll pick on the men just because I am one. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, at dinner, uh, a, a kid, um, one of the kids knocks over their soup bowl uh, and dad you know, flips out. Yeah. Come on now. Let's get it together. You know, he, he's, um, it was a mistake that the kid made no, no reason to be harsh or disciplined. Um, if he doesn't catch himself later on, what the wife needs to do is say, say what needs to be said. Hey, honey, <laughs> I love you. You're very handsome. Um, you know, you over, like you overreacted at dinner and, and that was a mistake. It, you know, our kid wasn't, intentionally misbehaving are you okay like are you stressed at work what's going like what's going on i love you i want to help you um instead of just ignoring it like oh gosh he you know he flipped out again at dinner and i just can't bring it up um good communication in a marriage begins with saying what needs to be said it's saying the hard things second one remember it babe mm -hmm. uh in the way that your spouse can understand it mm -hmm. so again internal processors over here um there are other people that communicate very differently. Um, there are people that need to be spoken to in more of a blunt way, you know? And so it's like, it's figuring out the way that your specific spouse can understand it. Mm -hmm. um, so saying the hard things, what needs to be said in a way that your spouse can understand it. And the third one would be at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Because if you're doing that in the middle of a tense situation and you're trying to have this really hard conversation when emotions are flying and things are really tough, it's not going to be as impactful and as understood if it's said in a more less emotional state. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of those three important things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pro probably don't have a serious conversation when you're mm -hmm. trying to like get ready and get out the door for church. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, no. that's a terrible time to do that. Um, especially when you're the pastor. <laughs> yes. Especially when you're the pastor. Yeah. I think it points, this is the area that like points you to Christ as an individual in a marriage because to do those things is to sacrifice yourself mm -hmm. and to die to yourself and to love your spouse well enough to give them what they need, even though it may not be what you want. Mm -hmm. Like when you can do that consistently and faithfully, <laughs> and this is where we're all sinners and mess these things up, then communication becomes so much easier and more trusting. Like you know that your spouse is looking out for you and you're looking out for your spouse and you're loving each other well in that but remind yourself that you are not perfect and that there is some, a level of self-reflection that needs to happen in order for communication to be good and loving and not mm. hurtful in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like one of the things that Brett and I have, uh, it took us a while to understand is that there's two parts of communicating. One is speaking what either needs to be said or how you're feeling or whatever, but the other part is listening. And so it's that two way street. Like we can, we, I mean, Brett and I used, we would fight all the time. I would communicate very clearly my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> and he would communicate very clearly his, but while the other one's talking, while one is talking, the other one is like figuring out what they're going to say next, you know, kind of thing. And so it's like hearing and understanding and being like, yeah, like, 
I know you're an internal processor. You're right. I was pressing too much or, you know, just thinking for the other person in the communication and listening to what they're saying and working through things together, I think was very difficult for us to, to come to. And so, um, that was a huge turning point for us was, okay, just listen, like, don't even say anything, just hear it and just feel it. And, you know, think, what is this person, what is my wife or my husband going through right now? And like, how would I feel if it were me? And, you know, sacrificially, you know, listening and, and things like that. So I think, don't forget that part. <laughs> you gotta, sometimes you got to shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you have to like, you know, let if, if your spouse is an external processor and you're an internal processor, there's always going to be the give and take mm-hmm. where sometimes you're going to be like, okay, I really wanted a minute to think about this. Well, maybe give the person a minute and then let's talk, it, talk through the details or, you know, it's a lot. It's so much. You just focus on giving. If, you, if everybody's focused on giving, everybody's going to be taken care of. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. the example that y'all gave too about like if your spouse loses it at dinner and then coming to them and being like, hey, this happened. It was a mistake. I love you. Are you stressed? Like checking in on them when in the moment your sin nature is going to be like, I can't believe you did that in reaction and anger. And like this is that part that's gospel driven and is a model of the gospel even internally. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of my, my kind of question thought was is the, the couple that just were just in the argument. Like what is the best like and coming back from that I feel like imagine that would be very hard just like oh, that was that was a big blow up we um we didn't handle that well with each other what is that encouragement like how do you even go back into that in a very loving healthy way that humility. Like, yeah humility yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah what would be y'all's encouragement for those to go back into that conversation yeah I mean we we tell people to like schedule times mm-hmm. you know that way you're actually committing to going back to have that conversation Mm -hmm. so if you're in the middle of a of a blow up and a disagreement and you cannot settle it Mm -hmm. say i don't feel like this is going to be settled right now but can we schedule a time to meet again when emotions have died down a little bit so that you can pray it through so that i can pray it through we can meet again and talk this through Um, that way you're both making that commitment to still come back and solve the problem together because again, it's not just naturally going to happen. It's yeah. not just going to naturally <laughs> fall into place. Like mm-hmm. you've got to put in the effort. You as a team have to put in the effort to make sure that that intentionality is there um, and that you're working towards a specific goal together. So in the moment, if that goal is to settle a disagreement, let's put this in place. Let's pray over it together, set a time, come back to it and make mm-hmm. sure it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, back back to Genesis, there is... Um, that that beautiful part of scripture to where uh, essentially God walks Eve down the aisle um, of the garden and presents, you know, as as the God Father figure walks Eve down the aisle and she's presented to Adam, uh, and Adam sings that song. It's a, a Hebrew song, "Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh," um, and. There's that right after that happens. Um, there's that beautiful little text to where it's it's almost like a parenthesis. It, it's explaining to us what happens, um, and it says that the man shall leave his father and his mother, and the two shall cling together, and the two shall become one flesh. Um, and so, what Chelsea and I see in our own marriage, when there is a blow up, an argument, a discussion that goes the goes the wrong way. 
it's because one of us is leaning into uh, two-ness, separateness, instead of oneness, being radically one. So when there is a blow-up, when there's a big argument, when there's a, a serious lack of communication, um, it has to be taken back to we need to be radically dedicated to oneness. And here's what I mean. Um, let's say Chelsea has an issue. I feel like Chelsea has an issue. Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> just one, though, baby. Several. Just one. No, just one, baby. Um, I, I feel like Chelsea has an issue. Um, and what, let's pick one. Um, spending, which isn't true, because I'm the spender like, in the marriage. We're getting yeah, yeah. really honest here. Yeah. I was like, no. all out. I was like, yeah. cut this out, Chelsea. It's okay. It's okay. Which isn't true, because I'm the spender in the marriage, and Chelsea has it. But let's yeah. say that it is. Um, and I keep working like crazy. And Chelsea keeps overspending our budget and I'm at, I'm, I'm going to blow up. Like, I'm just, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of going to the bank account and seeing that it's, you know, we're overdrafted again. Right. I know, I, I don't know who's listening, but I'm, I'm reading somebody's story right now. I know it. Um, the bank account's overdrafted. And so I go to Chelsea and I'm like, you, you need to fix this. Like I've told, I keep telling you and you still have not. And I set the budget. I've done all this stuff and you have not figured out how to stop spending when you're over budget. I don't know what your problem is, but we can't keep doing this. This is something that you need to fix, okay? Now, what I just did is I created two people. I took a marriage that was one and I created two-ness. And how I did that was I said that this is a Chelsea problem that she needs to fix. Instead of presenting it as it really is, this is an us problem. Even, but again, I, I know like somebody's brain is exploding right now and saying, no, 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 I'm not the one that's overspending. It's my spouse. It's my spouse that's overspending. It's like, yes, but you are one with your spouse. So it's just a totally different way to look at these communication issues. It's a totally different way to look at every issue in your marriage, that this isn't something that Chelsea needs to take care of. No, no, no. This is, some, this is a problem in our marriage, and we... <laughs> need to fix it. So I don't say, Chelsea, you need to fix this. I say, no, um, Chelsea, this is an issue. Do you, you know, do you, first off, can we agree that this is an issue? Um, if we can get a yes, then it's say, okay, then we're going to solve this together. This is not a, you need to go fix this. Um, and I think that if you can get that down into your soul, that everything that we do is about us being one, um, again, that goes from even problems of depression Say, say your spouse struggles with depression, but you don't, guess what? You both struggle with depression. Um, if if uh, ladies out there, if your man struggles with looking at inappropriate things on the internet, that is not your fault, and you did not cause him to, to commit that sin, it's not your fault. And a radical commitment to oneness means that you would enter into helping him helping him get out of that because you're one. Um, it's a radical marriage is a radical commitment to oneness. Yeah, absolutely. As we kind of come to a close, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I, I want to refrain from saying, I don't know if that's the right word, but go back from saying like, what's the, the, you know, the top tips for a healthy marriage, like, you know, the top five things to do and you will have the perfect marriage. Uh, but what is some things that you can encourage uh, the listeners to say, hey, these are some things that you can do for a healthy marriage in the same vein as asking that is also what does Christ say about marriage? Mm. Um, what is, is 
what are some things that you can easily say, hey, these are some things that you can easily do, um, and this is what our Savior says about, about marriage. I think I'm going to love Kirk better if I love Jesus more. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, that would be that would be your first go to is like your closeness and your intimacy with Christ um, is going to make you a better spouse. And so not only for myself, am I focused on that, but I'm also focused on that for Kirk. And I want him to be his best self in Christ. Um, and I want his love for Christ to be all the more beautiful. And so how can I help him love Jesus more? And so when Jesus is our focus, like separately in that two-ness, but even radically together as one, um, our, our marriage will flourish all the more um, and put the gospel on display, which is what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, here's what Jesus says about it uh, through the Apostle Paul, Ephesians 5, uh, 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church um, and gave himself up for her washing her with the uh, cleansing of the water with the word so that she might be presented uh, without wrinkle, spot, or blemish. Um, what that means for men, um, so we're complementarian at our church. Uh, if you don't know what that word means, Google it. Um, it means that, that men should lead in their homes and in their, in their churches. That's what it means. It means that, that men should lead. Uh, again, that's a very sim- simple statement, and, and we could— talk for hours about that, but we won't. Um, but here's how that text outlines the way that we should lead. So before, um, uh, again, women are up in arms about, you know, uh, you know, we have equal rights and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you do. Uh, women are equal to men in dignity, value, and worth. Um, yet there are different roles. Men are to lead in their homes and to lead in their marriages. Um, and what that text in Ephesians 5 says about the type of leadership is that it should look like Jesus's leadership. So there, like, there's no, you know, get back in the kitchen woman and be barefoot and pregnant and do everything I say. If you think that's what the Bible says, you've radically misinterpreted it. What Ephesians 5 is talking about is a type of service um, where you die to your own desires. Um, there is a a dying that is called for every man um, towards his wife to elevate her needs over your own needs, to elevate her desires over your own desires, um, to figure out ways that you can serve her in a way that is painful, like to where you would rather be doing something else. <laughs> um, like, because the call is to die. That, that's what that means. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He died for it. He, he was tortured and died. And I know some men are out there right now. I feel tortured. I hear you, brother. Um, but, of course, I'm making a joke there. What, what I mean is um, that, that Jesus is our example and how he serves, how he, how he walks out his leadership role um, is to give up everything to serve his spouse. Um, And that submission mm -hmm. is easily followed um, because that's the end part of that verse that he was quoting. And when Kirk is sacrificially loving me and laying down his desires for me, that's easier for me to follow a lead 
it's easier for me to trust his heart and his decision making for our family um, because of his sacrificial love for me, just as it's easy for Jesus to submit to God the Father because of the way that they love each other and because of the, the intimacy that is there in their relationship. Um, and so it's, again, it's just a beautiful picture of, of Jesus and his gospel mm-hmm. and the Trinity. And like, it's just, it can be so very beautiful um, when that is the center when mm-hmm. Jesus is the center um, and everything yeah. is functioning around it clearly. Yeah. yeah. So like, so Ephesians five goes on to say, um, wives submit to your husbands um, as the church submits to Christ. So how submitted should the church be to Christ? Fully. 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 And so like, that's scary. Like, man, like, oh, but if you understand the call to the husband first, which is death, w- which is, Total service, total service to his wife and the wife totally submissive when it's that mutual service and submission. Um, that, that's what the text is calling us to, mutual service and submission. Um, so that's what Jesus has to say about it. Um, to your question, what should, what should married couples do? I am always very, very sad, very sad when we ask couples, when was your last date night? And they go, uh, uh, I don't remember. Dang. Come on, guys. Come on, men. I'm talking to the men right now. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's, especially, I'm calling out the men of GCC. I'm allowed to do that. Let's go, guys. Come on, men. Date. Let's date our wives. Let's have fun. Laugh. Take them out. Have a good time. Let somebody else watch the kids in Jesus' name and, and take your wife out. If you don't have the money, you don't have to spend money. Let somebody else watch the kids uh, and go out in the backyard and have a picnic. Maybe not right now because it's 17 degrees outside in Georgia, which is weird. Um, But you can close the door to your room and have a picnic in the floor of your bedroom. There are ways to continue to date your wife. Um, There's just got to be that cultivated intimacy. Um, So date nights. Go on scheduled trips, vacations, even if it's just a night or two away with, when it's just you and her. Um, that constant pursuit, pursue your wives, study your wife. Um, I just, I see a profound lack of intentionality. And, and listen, I am prone to that 100% um, to forget to schedule date night on the calendar, to let several, several months go by to where we don't have just a trip where it's just me and Chelsea again overnight or or whatever. Um, But make your wife your friend. Like be intentional about being friends with your spouse. Find stuff to do that's just fun. Laugh, cut up, have a good time. Be friends with your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, well, we will end it on that. I don't think we could get on a higher note than that one right there. <laughs> so, um, that's pastor approved. So if you have any excuses, like the pastor said, I have to do this. I got to do it. So, um, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Thank y'all for talking about marriage, talking about y'all's marriage. Um, I know I'm not trying to speak for everyone, but cause I mean, I'm not married, but I can see the, I hear from other couples and people I know they've greatly benefited, uh, from y'all's marriage and hearing about y'all and being encouraged by y'all. Y'all are a, beautiful uh role model of that i know we're none of us are perfect or anything but i think y'all do a, a great job of modeling that so thank y'all for doing that at gospel community church mm-hmm. so. yeah. um as with that uh if y'all have any questions comments anything that you want to say about marriage or want to know any more 
uh, about it uh, or even the resources that were mentioned uh, today. You'll have any questions about those or what they were, how to find them, anything. We have a great email address. <laughs> Be still and grow podcast at gmail.com. Yep, that is it. <laughs> um, thank you all so much for listening. As always, we love uh, everyone. Um, and uh, with that, Kirk, can you pray us out? I will. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the great institution of marriage, um, which you have preordained before the foundation of the world to put your gospel on display. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, specifically for Gospel Community Church, and I pray for um, gospel-preaching, Bible-centered churches, um, that our marriages would put the gospel on display, uh, that a lost and dying world would see two people that radically love each other and um, are radically dedicated to each other, and that that would be a picture of your radical love and devotion to us. Um, and that your gospel would be seen uh, through gospel-centered marriages, uh, and that you would use um, sinners, broken sinners like us, uh, to be a picture of your good news in the world. Uh, Lord, I pray now for um, anyone who would be listening to this who is hurting, um, struggling in their marriage, um, or uh, struggling even in their singleness. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to reach out for help, uh, to to their local church, to their pastors, um, so that they might receive the healing uh, that they need in their singleness or um, even in their marriage. God, bring healing and help and hope, because that's what your gospel does. That's what your word does. It brings healing, help, and hope. And so do that now. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. Please email us at bestillandgrowpodcast at gmail.com with your questions, comments, ideas, and prayer requests. For more content from Gospel Community Church, check out the Training Day podcast hosted by George Jones. This is Catherine, Heather, and Nicole. Join us next time. We'll save you a seat. Till then, be still and grow. grow.